Hello and welcome to the Yoga with Molly Off the Mat podcast. I'm your host Molly and in this podcast we talk all things yoga and life off of the mat. Let's get started. Hello everyone and welcome to another day in the life of I am avoiding housework. Um, (laughs) I'm actively avoiding housework. Maybe that is why the podcast has been one of the more consistent elements of my yoga teaching journey because ultimately is yoga and this podcast just a way for me to avoid cleaning my house? Question mark. Just opening the blinds, letting a little bit of sunlight in. And in my own defense to myself, I am actually about to walk a bowl over to the kitchen sink. And I think that is as much as I would expect from myself on a Saturday morning. Um... I hope you guys are doing well and a little bit more successful at keeping your homes in order (laughs) than I have been. Um, I don't really have any major updates. Well, actually, you know what? That is a lie. I celebrated a birthday in the past week. Um, That was pretty big. That was pretty exciting. Um, Or was it? You know, I actually found myself this year on my birthday feeling a little down. And I I feel a bit spoiled, actually, um, for sharing this with you. I think um, over the past, you know, couple of years, um, pregnancy and postpartum, the kind of days that are, quote unquote, about me, (laughs) like birthdays and Mother's Day and things like that, I've really built them up you know, I really like live for them. I'm like, it's okay. My day is coming. (laughs) My day is coming and I can do whatever I want. And actually what I found is it came with a lot of pressure on my actual birthday morning itself. My husband and I had booked the day off. Our son was going to be in childcare. We had booked the days off from our corporate job and we had a completely free day. And opportunity to spend that however we wanted and I said I don't want to put pressure on myself ha 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 um so I'll leave the day free and then we can just wake up and do whatever it is we feel like doing and just do exactly that thing with no restriction so I woke up at three in the morning partly because my son had been uh he'd he'd woken up and, and needed some milk um and once he was settled back in bed, I couldn't go to sleep. I'd, I, I had this sense of, well, well, what do I want to do? I, I need to make the most of this day. I have to do all of the things. And why can't I think of anything? <laughs> so I'm like there, like furiously trying to like dig into the stretches of my mind. Like, well, what do you want to do? You ca- You can't just sit here and panic all day. Like, what's the plan? <laughs> there has to be something that you want to do. And um, I didn't end up being able to go back to sleep. Um, so <laughs> I was a little bit tired on my birthday and I, I just, maybe because I was a bit sleep deprived and had like 
this weird overhyped expectation. Like I wanted everything, but also couldn't think of anything. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I had some really nice moments on my birthday. You know, there was cake and a nice lunch and we went shopping and, you know, all of the things that um, I find exciting and I think about when I think about my birthday. Um, but I also had lots of moments of just irritability or even tearfulness, if I'm honest, um, where I I just felt a little bit deflated. Um, yeah, I'd never really felt that way before. I, I have had a tried and tested routine on my birthday for years, something that I fell into probably from about age 12 or 13. Um, and I don't follow this to a T because some of the things that I did then don't necessarily work the same way for me now. <laughs> but this was always a thing that I liked to do on my birthday. Uh, number one, I wanted to go shopping. And shopping for me usually meant I had a modest budget and that I would go to, um, in the US you would say the drugstore. Um, here in the UK, you know, Boots, Superdrug, um, and I would want to buy always one of those um, really inexpensive um, uh, kind of single sachet face masks, right? You know, the ones I'm talking about here in the UK, they were usually 99 pence and it contained just enough for one face mask. I would always get one of them. Um, maybe the equivalent like a foot mask and, you know, maybe I would buy myself like a new lipstick or just like a, a couple of, of little items like that. Always a new book um, to enjoy or a notepad or something. So I would go shopping for kind of little um, odd bits and bobs that I could enjoy on the day. Um, I would come home, have some version of kind of like a spa afternoon in my own bedroom. Um, I would watch a super girly film and very often as a teenager have a sleepover with my best friend and or friends. And that is how I like to spend my birthday. At some point, there would be a meal and some cake as well. Um, I think my favourite birthday spot growing up was Pizza Express. <laughs> I like to go for pizza um, and I like to have a homemade cake at home. So that's my dream birthday always has been um except as is often the case as an adult things get complicated i realized in my 20s that the single use face masks i would always have kind of red irritated skin afterwards and as much as much as i loved like the aesthetic of like wearing these face masks they just didn't necessarily agree with my skin so then I'm there going, okay, well, I don't know, maybe face masks aren't for me or maybe I need just a more expensive, high quality one. And I don't really have the time or the wherewithal to research and test a bunch of these because I only really do this once a year. Like I have a really good day to day cleanser that does the job. Um, okay, so maybe we scratch the face mask and I can't really do like sleepovers with my best friends in the way that I used to. And it's kind of hard to watch a movie with the baby keep coming in and, uh, you know, like, <laughs> do you see what I mean? Um, I'm like, okay, so just scratch all of that. It just doesn't really work exactly the same way. And maybe I need new traditions as an adult that work 
for me and that make me feel good. And um, now I'm a mom as well. And I think I kind of want some family time as part of my birthday traditions. But and you can see how I got myself into a bit of a tizzy because I'm a little bit confused as to what a perfect day looks like for me at the moment. I'm having, I guess, somewhat of an identity. Mm, I think crisis is too strong, but I need some reflection time. <laughs> I need some reflection time. Um, yeah, so that was... Uh, that was... Um, yeah, a strange moment or day for me this week where I just kind of found myself not really knowing what I wanted and what I needed um, in that moment and feeling a little bit sad, I guess, that a lot of the things that I used to do and that were fun for me are not really what I need anymore. And I haven't really found, you know, what my new thing is, you know. Um, yeah. And, you know, the other thing that I need to ask myself as well is, you know, like, what expectations do I have of myself and of that day? Um, you know, it's something we hear all the time, right, that expectations can um, do a lot more harm than good, you know, when we have them of ourselves or of each other or of birthdays and holidays. And um, I think about all of the films I did used to watch, you know, where people would go, oh, I hate the holidays, right? Sorry for all of the American accent today. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's like all these expectations and the fanfare and the performance of it all. And like, no one really says what they actually want and need. Um, and anyway, I guess, you know, that's just something that I was reflecting on. And um, also, in the context, here in the UK, Mother's Day is a little bit earlier. It's coming up at the beginning of March, which is now only, you know, basically a couple of weeks away. Reminder for everyone out there who is planning something for their mother or mother figure in their life or is a mother themselves. Um, uh, and also big, big love and hearts for everyone for whom that is a difficult day um, in whatever context it may be difficult for you. Um, but, you know, my husband will always ask me, what do you want for Mother's Day? And I'm still a little lost because <laughs> there's a part of me that wants to say, I want to be alone. I want to lie down. I want to sleep all day. I want silence in my head. Um, and... I want to order takeout and just do nothing and not lift a finger and just sleep it off. And then there's another part of me that wants to say, actually, I want to celebrate my family all day. Like, can we go out and have brunch together? Can we go on a long family walk? Can we, you know, maybe a little bit of a mix of both? And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but anyway, just sharing some... Uh, rogue thoughts there on um, how this week has gone. One thing that I will say, though, on my birthday, if there is one thing that I was really certain of, it is that, and please don't think I'm lame, um, I really wanted to go to the gym. Um, 
a, a theme which may or may not have come through if you've been listening to the pod for a while is that something that really does give me a lot of joy um, is exercising and and working out. And to be honest with you, um, and I know I've spoken about this in past episodes, I don't do it necessarily with like specific goals or it, it just feels great. And of course, I love making progress in the sense that if I notice myself getting stronger or faster or my endurance building, um, that is is exciting for me and, and makes me feel good and proud of myself. Um, but I, I really just do it because it makes me feel great. It has like a lasting effect on the rest of that day um, in terms of, of how I feel and regulates my mood and my appetite. And yeah, and, you know, I listen to the music that I want. And yeah, it just it's it's great. It's really important time for myself. And that is something that I wanted to do on my birthday. And I wanted to do it unhurried because so much of the exercise that I do now tends to be oh, um, I'm just going to sneak out for an hour, you know, on a Saturday morning and then I'll come back and we can all be together as a family. Or um, I've got to quickly squeeze in this workout on my lunch break at work or before work. And I, I know I spoke last week actually at length about how grateful I was that I'm able to do that because I used to not be able to do that at all. <laughs> um, but if there's one thing that uh, I've missed for years... Um, is I would call it like the weekend workout. This is before I had kids where, um, kid, kid I guess, <laughs> I had my son, where I would just be able on a Saturday to say, right, I'm going for the gym and I'm just going to stay there for as long as I want. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that is my whole Saturday by the time that I've had a nice long breakfast and walked over to the gym and done a warm up and exercised and depending on the gym that you go to maybe they have a pool I might just chill in there for a bit afterwards take my time showering getting ready have some lunch buy a book on the way home and then boom all of a sudden it's time to make dinner and go to bed honestly like what a chill Saturday just doing whatever you want um you know, it's it's full of movement and good stuff for you. And that kind of stuff was just really grounding and felt awesome. And um, I find it really hard to uh, find days like that um, these days. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was really important to me. And I, when I kind of arrived at the gym, I said, actually, I want to run today. Um, Sorry for all the yawning. I have actually had a double espresso today, <laughs> but apparently she's still kicking in. Um, I, I'm usually an outdoor runner. I very rarely run on the treadmill. I go to the gym to lift weights um, and I go to the park to run around. But today on, on my birthday, I really felt like running and I felt like doing it indoors because I was a little bit sleep deprived. Um, and just the idea of going to the park and like committing to a specific route felt a little bit daunting. I'm always aware that when you haven't slept properly, um, that there's an increased risk, obviously, of you kind of like burning out and being tired <laughs> and not wanting to complete your run or your workout. Um, but you're also a little bit more vulnerable to injury and 
various other things. So um, I, I, I did just want to do that workout in an environment that was a little bit more controlled in the sense that I could set what I know to be an easy speed. Um, when I'm running outdoors, I don't really know how fast I'm running. I tend to be kind of jolted about based on how I'm vibing to the music. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, I really went for it. And other times I'm like, oh, <laughs> I want to walk. <laughs> um, I actually find that on average running outdoors, I tend to run much faster than I do in indoors. I think your perception of speed is different when you're on a treadmill. Um, but I, yeah, I, I just wanted something where I could just set an easy, constant uh, pace for myself. And if I decided that it was a bit of an overcommit to do this today, that I could just opt out and go get ready without feeling like I was stuck in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, so that was my vibe. And also I, I, I wanted to work out alongside my husband so that, you know, him and I could, could hang out and, um, and, and stuff that day. So I happened to be doing some treadmill running and it went surprisingly much better than I had expected. I actually end up running my, my furthest and longest. It ended up being, um, a bit of an endurance run. I was on the, the treadmill for an hour. Um, and it wasn't an hour of continuous running. I think when I'm, I'm kind of, exercising for that period of time, especially on a treadmill, I vary it up a lot. So I might start with, you know, two minutes on, one minute walking. Um, I might increase the speed each time. So I, I might start at an easy pace for two minutes, then walk a medium pace for two minutes, then walk a kind of challenging pace for two minutes, then walk. And then maybe somewhere between a jog and a sprint, <laughs> right? And then I'll, I'll relax for a couple of minutes and then maybe I'll do some hill sprints and then maybe I'll do it by kind of, I, I might say, okay, I'm going to do 500 meters and then take a break. And, you know, so I, it's kind of like interval training, I guess, um, where I'm just testing, you know, various different, you know, speed, endurance, um, incline, um, it keeps it interesting for me. It feels like lots of mini challenges and, um, yeah. And to be honest with you, I sometimes actually, uh, I'm, I think about it almost as if I'm in a video game. Um, do other runners ever do that? Or if you do treadmill workouts, I think, okay, like level one, I'm going to do these intervals. And then let's say that I commit to doing that over the course of a kilometer, once I finish that kilometer, I go, right, okay, level one done. Now I'm just focused on the next kilometer. And my goal for this kilometer is this. Um, and that's that's kind of how they add up for me. Um, for however long you run, whether it's, you know, minutes or distance or whatever. Um, it keeps it fun. It keeps it interesting. It keeps me challenged. Sorry, a note from the editing room floor. <laughs> um, I got a phone call just as I was in the middle of recording that segment and it cut my audio. Um, but uh, returning to regular programming now, it might just seem a, a little poorly edited. Sorry about that. That's basically how I get through um, my my runs, whether it is 
long distance or um, I'm running for, you know, a, a, a long time, like an hour or something. But what I, I really surprised myself that on that day, I did end up running um, for a long time and a, a much longer distance than I that I had been. And um, that was awesome. I had a few moments like that over the course of the week. I also lifted the heaviest weight that I had lifted this year. And um, I think that was really encouraging. I know I have spoken also on this podcast about some of the challenges that I've faced in um, trying to get to a healthier body weight for me and that I had really been working hard to um, focus on my fitness and focus on my strength and make sure that I was moving my body and that that was going well. Um, but that I, I was just really struggling to reduce my weight at all. And I think actually some of the moments this week where I was able to run faster and longer and lift heavier and, um, a few things like that, I, I really started to see the results in terms of, um, I guess my, my fitness and my muscle mass and, and, you know, measuring, those efforts in ways that don't just involve looking at numbers on a scale. Um, and that was really encouraging and, and kind of gives me the motivation to keep going and keep trying because I know that, um, you know, even if I'm not necessarily seeing the results in, in terms of um, weight loss specifically, I am seeing results <laughs> that are going in a good direction and that I know are really good and healthy for me. And, um, that makes me feel great. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to share a little bit of that. I think, you know, I've definitely talked in the past, even though this is a yoga specific podcast, I often take a yogic perspective in a lot of the, um, in, in most, if not all, of the things that I take on in life, whether those are physical challenges, um, yoga can be really physically challenging, but also the mental challenges that I take on. Um, that is the reason that I talk so much about motherhood and parenthood and um, relationships and friendships on on this this podcast, right? Um, those are the things that... that um, challenge my mind and challenge my heart. Um, and then the things that I take on as physical challenges as well. And I'm often reminded, and I, I don't mean for this to be as trite as it feels, maybe it is just really trite. <laughs> but if any of you guys caught the film last year, uh, Air, it came out in 2023. It was a movie about Nike. And there is this one line in the film, I think it's Ben Affleck that delivers it. And he says something to the effect of, you know, a lot of people think running is about something like finishing the run. But the truth is, like, the goal of running is the running itself, like the, the actual act of running rather than, you know, making it to the finish line, whether that is the distance that you covered or how long that you ran for or, you know, it's it's the actual act itself. And um, even though it kind of felt like a cheesy Hollywood movie line, <laughs> I I remember when I when I watched it and I heard it, um, it something about it did actually feel really powerful to me, and it's something I think about a lot when I run. Um, this podcast is not sponsored by Nike, 
<laughs> but you know, very often when I am running, and especially in the moments when I when I find myself thinking like, am I keeping pace? And am I going to make the distance? And am I as strong as I was last time? And do I find myself improving? You know, sometimes when I have those thoughts, which can be really pressurizing, um, you know, I remind myself and I ground myself sometimes by actually saying, you know, you're running, you know, that's it, you already hit any goal, because you're running, like, (laughs) you're right now in this very second, you are receiving the benefits of this movement. Um, And that's it. And keep going, keep receiving that benefit, or stop if you feel like you are receiving an injury. Um, <laughs> or if you are receiving a blackout or something, I don't know, <laughs> or low blood sugar, just, you know, then at that point, stop. But if you feel like you're receiving some benefit from it, <laughs> you're sweating, your heart is going and working and your lungs are working and it just, it feels good, then just keep going. Um, and that had always been a pretty powerful moment from from that film and and I think um yeah I'm 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 reminded of of how much of any um sport or athletic endeavor is truly about mindfulness um as well I think to be really successful in sport you you absolutely must integrate both and I'd be really curious um to hear the perspective of others and I think, uh, you know, professional athletes as well in terms of, um, yeah, how much of it is mind over body or body over mind and how people think about that. But certainly, yeah, that was something I was reflecting on a lot, um, a lot this week. You know, interestingly, though, I um, I don't find that as easy to do during a yoga practice because the truth is I find modifications in running a little bit easier on the mind than I do in yoga. Um, and it comes down to something that I, I talk about in teaching a lot, but I find much harder in practice. Um in yoga, I find so many of us become really attached to what a shape should look like, what a pose should look like. Even the fact that we call it a shape, right, <laughs> um, signals that, you know, there there is kind of a common shape that we all have in our mind in terms of what it should look like. And um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I don't necessarily think that we have those same attachments in in other you know, like physical modalities. Like when we think about running, um, generally speaking, that's like a forward momentum, right? And <laughs> it, you know, we're, we're a little bit less obsessed, I think, when we're running ourselves. Um, we're thinking about very specific alignment and how are my feet and how are my knees and how are my arms and, you know, what direction is my head pointing? Whereas, in in yoga, there can be a lot of focus on alignment and, you know, turn your foot out by 90 degrees and do this and do that. Um, maybe not by, 
you know, you or me as individual teachers, but certainly um, it's it's common within the practice of, of yoga and varies based on the practitioner and, and by the teacher. And people do have a broad awareness of it, right? If I were to ask someone like who is not a yoga teacher and I were to say, hey, um, pretend you're a yoga teacher and you were teaching someone, what kinds of things might you say? You would hear people say, okay, um, um, feet together at the top of the mat or, um, you know, feet hips distance apart. Like these are, these are just common things um, that you, you, would, you would hear, you know, make sure that your joints are stacked and things like that. And there, there is a, a lot of focus and attention sometimes on the right way to do things. And I've had yoga teachers in the past who have been really insistent that I do things differently, um, tell me that it's about safety and about protecting the joints. Um, and I, I do see argument in that. I remember once there was one class that really bugged me. We, it was actually pregnancy yoga. And the teacher asked us to come into a modified shavasana we were lying on our sides and we had props that we were able to use to support ourselves, bolsters and pillows um, that we could hug, snuggle, um, pop between our um, knees to kind of offer a little bit of, su of support. And um, I took that option. I took this bolster and I placed it between my two knees and kind of draped my upper leg over the bolster and what was happening is um, my foot at the end of the bolster was kind of dangling over it. And the teacher kept coming and moving my bolster in a way that it was fully supporting my foot. And in doing that, it meant that the bolster was no longer as close to my chest and I couldn't hug it. And that was just something I felt like doing. I wanted to snuggle my bolster and I didn't really care whether that meant that my foot was falling off the end of it. And the teacher wasn't allowing me to do it because she said that my ankle joint, um, you know, was at kind of a vulnerable angle in doing that. And if, if I were to hold that pose for a long time or do that over many sessions in pregnancy, that I could injure my ankle. And you know, to this day, I still think about that and think it's silly because I was a really uncomfortable pregnant woman and I had found a position that felt nice and relaxing. And the truth is she needn't have worried about how my ankle was holding up in that particular pose because that was nothing compared to how dodgy I was sleeping at night. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as if like for the and when you're pregnant, you sleep a pretty long time. You know, there were some nights I was sleeping 10, 11 hours, actually. Um, or at least I'd be in bed that long, even if I woke up a few times in the night. I wasn't sleeping in perfect alignment and my ankles weren't getting injured. You know, I was kind of there going, I think the next seven minutes are not going to be dangerous. I'm only coming here once a week. Like, it's going to be okay. Um, but that's just, that's just one specific example and even though that teacher was right if I were to hold a pose like that over long periods of time and and by long periods I mean like every day for 10 hours a day for sure I believe it would have resulted in injury <laughs> you know uh, and I think often if you go back to the roots of yoga where 
sometimes practices were every single day for hours a day. I understand where that tradition comes from, but this this obsession with, you know, shapes and the right angles. I mean, for me personally, I really only see merit in emphasizing that to a student that is really advanced, ha- has a, a strong and regular practice, as in they're practicing every single day for multiple hours and in the absence of any other exercise, right? As in they're not strengthening and protecting their body through other weightlifting activities, um, you know, and they're and they're insistent on that. Then I would maybe talk a little bit about modifications that they could and should make in their alignment to protect themselves. Um, uh, but I've kind of lost my train of thought there as well. Oh, yeah, I was talking about my own obsession with shapes. Um, you know, when it comes to modifications, I find it so much easier in running to modify, meaning to slow down, um, to take smaller, lighter steps, things like that, because it still ultimately feels like the same shape. (laughs) I'm just doing it a little bit slower or, you know, whatever it may be, but it's ultimately the same shape. Whereas when we modify in yoga, it feels like we are modifying the actual shape itself. And it feels like we are doing something different. Um, And maybe I shouldn't use the word we, maybe I should be saying I, right? Because this is my mental block and the things that I find difficult. But I, I do find it much more difficult to accept the modification in yoga versus when I'm running. And 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 I and I do believe it comes down to, you know, on the one hand, yoga is so much about like acceptance and going within and connectedness to the self, but we we do also have quite a long-standing tradition of, well, this is the right way to do it. Um, we really do. <laughs> and um, I think it can be really hard, a hard exercise to unlearn that because definitely when I was first learning yoga, um, you know, let's say 15 years ago or so, um, there was a lot of emphasis on, well, this is the right way to do the shape. And in yoga, we stack this on top of that and we do this and we do that. And, um, you know, uh, whereas when I think about running, no one ever told me how to run. They just said, just run, just go run over there and try and run a bit faster. (laughs) You know? Um, yeah. Anyway, just some stray thoughts, but I just had to comment that I think when I'm when I'm talking about how I modify my running and you know I run based on how I'm feeling that day and uh, and stuff like that, I, I feel like maybe there's a lot I can learn from that other discipline that I can bring into my yoga um, and vice versa, of course. Um, it's just a point of curiosity. Right, that is as long as I can possibly avoid doing housework for again this week. <laughs> um, I hope today has been interesting and 
um, has provoked some thoughts in yourself about the expectations that we place on ourselves, particularly when it comes to the quote unquote big moments in life, you know, um, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, birthdays, um, any other holidays that that you and your family um, celebrate and how they can make us feel for better or worse and the impact that that can have on us. Um, I definitely have been reflective of that this week and um, a lot of what I spoke about today when it came to the run that I went on is very much about, you know, how are we using our mind in all of our physical practices? Um, And some thoughts, I guess, on modifying um, as well. I hope to see you on the mat soon. Bye.